0: I got her.
1: You got me. Yeah.
0: yeah. I got her twice.
1: I've never. That.
0: So how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Well. <laughs> three times. Three times.
0: Got a three. Okay. So what are we doing today?
1: Getting me. <laughs> I don't know. Looks like you're all set up for something.
0: Um. Well, you told me.
1: I told you I liked that. Oh, that. Yeah, I did tell you that. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, tell I me did.
0: Tell them. Tell, me what, tell them what you told me. Yes,
1: yeah, so a request came in from one of our students.
0: Yeah.
1: And says, Dr. Paget Over can... Over the internet. Over the internet. I thought so. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, probably with his mouse, too. I've used a mouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. What, P- if, <laughs> what if Apple uh-huh.
0: was not Apple? I mean, that, that's a strange name for a computer, isn't it? Is. It is not it Yes. What if their name was Cat. <laughs> no, go ahead. What were you saying?
1: Cat's <laughs> a good name too. It's yellow, it's no, a heavy well, machine. Well, what were you saying?
0: <laughs> lost my point of view.
1: Doctor Paget. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Can you have Dr. Billing show us?
0: <laughs>
1: How to do a science
0: fair project? A science fair project. Yeah. Read something else. <laughs> a science fair project. You mean right here now? Yeah. Hmm. I need an idea. Well, this is embarrassing. (laughs) I got an idea.
1: I think you got me five times. I think this would be five. <laughs> what do you think?
0: Do you want think? me to straighten this a little bit for you? Oh, there, how's that? Perfect. Okay. Welcome I'd... to Paget's Science Fair Project. <laughs> Today we're going to learn how to do a Science Fair Project. First of all, you must decide who is Peiget. Okay, so, then you need a thesis question or a hypothesis. In science, we use the scientific method to find out things that lesser people can never discover.
2: That's true. Right, okay.
0: So, you have your thesis question. It is, which is bigger? Green, red, or blue? What is your hypothesis? Which is bigger? Blue. Blue mm-hmm. is bigger. Blue is bigger.
1: The sky's blue, the ocean's blue.
0: So how <laughs> how do you test your hypothesis? In science, we have to figure out an experiment. Now, I've got some science. Glassware. You you said you like this one. (laughs) I do. Okay. So (laughs) how do we tell which is bigger? Is it blue, green, or red? Shall we begin the experiment? Yes. Yes. Okay. Fortunately, I happened to bring along a Tesla coil. Just happened to have one. Mm -hmm. And so now we're going to put these beakers around the Tesla coil. You know, we should put the little one in front, don't you think? Mm-hmm. 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 Something about like that? Right. Does that look pretty good? Uh-huh. Perfect. Now what? I'm gonna turn on the power. And when I turn this power on, I want you to watch for the sparks.
1: Yep, You see, see it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so. What did we learn from that experiment? Which is larger, green, red, or blue? I
1: still think blue. This is blue, look at that.
0: This is smaller. is smaller. This Uh is medium, and this is big. Right. So which is bigger, green, red, or blue? See, this is how science works, and it's not always easy.
1: Usually not.
0: Maybe we should get more apparatus This is green. That's green. Will you take it please? Mm-hmm. So, could you please take one of your magical scientific markers mm-hmm. and which one are you going to mark? This one. This one. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're now going to mark it so that it's <laughs> up high so we can see the green, you know, stick it right on there. Excellent. How'd you do?
2: That's not very That That's
0: straight, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, green is medium. And I happen to have a red one. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of these is going to be red. We don't know yet. Which one? Your hypothesis is the big one. The little one is. No, my r- hypothesis is the big good, one is that's red. Blue, no. Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our hypothesis. <laughs> Okay, it's a big so word. we're saying it's a big word. Uh-huh. that red is smaller, green is medium, uh-huh. and that means that blue is
1: bigger, the biggest.
0: I <laughs> still don't get what we're doing. I don't either. <laughs> but you know, in science, we're quite often, do it you itself. don't really even, even know project. what you're trying to discover yet. You're just going for it here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's recap. Red is smaller. Mm -hmm. Green is in between. Mm -hmm. And blue is whoo!
1: Right? And that's
0: your hypothesis. What if you're wrong?
1: Then I have to publish my results.
0: A good scientist doesn't publish (laughs) negative (laughs) results. Okay. So what did you conclude from your experiment?
1: It's I'm figuring out to do. <laughs>
0: okay. Do you need some more help?
1: I need some help. Would this help? I don't know.
0: Where does this go? Here, here, or here? Over there. It goes over there.
1: Where's this one go? Right there. This one goes
0: right here. Mm-hmm. Where's yeah, this that one go? One goes right there. That one goes right there.
1: I'm so glad you're helping me. Okay, <laughs>
0: so now we got that one, that one, and that one. What have we learned from this?
1: If it doesn't work, it looks neat. <laughs> okay,
0: I'm going to turn the Tesla coil back on. Does everyone know what a Tesla coil is? A Tesla coil is a transformer. There's one coil here that we put a, a voltage into, and it has to be a fluctuating voltage so that it can jump the air gap. It makes a magnetic field every time the power goes on and off on this small coil, which jumps to the big coil. and has a lot more winds, and one side of the big coil comes up here and goes to nothing. One side's ground, one side goes to nothing. So this creates a very high voltage, and the voltage has to go, you see these little sparks going out? It's mm-hmm. going off into the atmosphere. And so this creates a lot of electric field around the Tesla coil. And that electric field should help us answer the question, is blue bigger?
2: Yeah. Right? hmm
0: Are you ready? hmm So... I'm going to energize the power filled on three. Three. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, come on. There you go.
1: <laughs> That's so cool.
0: How was your hypothesis?
1: We put the wrong bulbs in. <laughs> we? Yeah, we, we did it together, right? (laughs) Okay, that is neat. Neat.
0: Whoa.
1: That is really neat. Check
0: that out. What do you think?
1: I think that's awesome. Can you see those
0: colors? Yes. So you want to put the red one over there. Uh Come closer. And the green one here Closer, come closer, come closer.
1: And why did it work when you touched it?
0: <laughs> it's my personality. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. It's his personality.
2: I need a pen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think it would probably go off. I think it would probably work when you touched it, too. You try Very good. Very good. Very, very, very good. Very good. Excellent. Wonderful.
1: That is neat.
0: So, what do we make of all that?
1: I can smell ozone. You can
0: smell ozone. How does it smell?
1: It smells like rain. It smells really good.
0: It's not raining. Yes, it does. And why does ozone smell like rain? Because in a thunderstorm, there's lightning and lightning causes ozone, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? It goes shooting through the air. Okay, so let's see if we can figure out what's actually going on here. Okay. Remember what this is? It's
1: a special flashlight.
0: This is my hornworm finder. <laughs> Remember?
1: Uh-huh.
0: When you have hornworms, those big green caterpillar yeah. worms eating your tomatoes, mm-hmm. you go out just after dusk with a black light, a UV flashlight. You turn it on. Mm-hmm. See, that isn't looks so black, but it's kind of purplish. But most of the power is coming out as an invisible ultraviolet light. When you apply that, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of bright in here, isn't it? It's hard to see in these lights. I wonder Should if we off? could turn the lights off for a minute, some mm-hmm. of them, just Naomi's up there. Naomi's, 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 there we go. Now can you see the color? You see, well, there it is. Can you see that one?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Come on, Titus, there you go. See how that glows Mm -hmm. when I put the light on and the blue by contrast? Now you can see it, isn't that fun? That
2: is really fun. Okay,
0: lights back on, out of the dark, ages. (laughs) Okay, so, something is happening here. Inside of each of these tubes is some mercury. Some mercury vapor, and it's at a low pressure. It's less than atmospheric pressure. It's kind of like a vacuum with some mercury in it. And when this gets around an electric field like the Tesla coil generates, it causes some of the atoms to get excited, which means some of the electrons go to a bigger orbital for a second, and then they fall back down, and when they do, they give off light of a particular color. It turns out that the light color from mercury is invisible.
2: Hmm.
0: The color happens to be ultraviolet, which means we can't see it. But the ultraviolet light then hits the white powder on the inside of this tube. And this powder fluoresces. And fluoresces means that when it's hit by the ultraviolet light, it gets excited and then those atoms have their electrons drop back down to the normal orbital and they give off light. And by choosing the material to put on the coating here, we get the different colors. It's real tricky to make a fluorescent light so that it will be white. And they do it by combining different elements together. Okay. Uh, I'd like to show you a photograph of a bunch of minerals all under a black light. Take a look at this. Can oh, you see sure. all those minerals?
1: That's neat.
0: These are a bunch of different minerals. Can you pick out from that picture which of these minerals happened to be the mineral called fluorite that fluorescence was named after? And if you guess these two... You're right, so that's fluorite. So if you choose the right mineral and put it on these tubes, then in the presence of ultraviolet light, it will fluoresce. And that means that it gets excited by one color of light and gives off another. And some of you are gonna say, well, is it only ultraviolet light that will do that? Mm -hmm. And that's where the science of fluorescence gets really interesting because the answer is no. The only thing you have to do is you have to have a color of light of a higher energy than the one that you're trying to produce. And so things that will fluoresce with any visible light color can be excited by ultraviolet because it's the highest energy of all the visible light. And then as you go on down, you can get, uh, for example, red will cause almost nothing to fluoresce because it's clear down, it's almost infrared. But blue will get red to fluoresce and so forth. The fascinating thing about these fluorescent materials is they're starting to be used for a lot of things, like Halloween costumes,
2: mm-hmm. you know, that kind of mm-hmm. glow in mm-hmm. black
0: light. Yeah. But they're also being used for a lot of medical purposes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you know you can take a little capsule of a chemical that's got a dye that is fluorescent? And the chemical is sensitive to E. coli bacteria. Hmm. And if there's any E. coli, and you put under a black light, you can tell that there is E. coli because it lights up. And and there's all kinds of new applications coming out with fluorescence. A group of of researchers over at the University of Indiana, which isn't too far from here, Hmm and another researcher at the University of Copenhagen joins together and discovered a new way to make a fluorescent material. And the new fluorescent material they made converts more energy coming into the sample into visible light than any material that anyone's ever made before. So it's brighter in in a fluorescent environment like an ultraviolet light than any other material and they have a very unique name for it. Do you want to see a sample of their stuff? Let's, mm-hmm. let's throw up the picture of these little bright things. Can you see these samples? They fluoresce very, very bright for the amount of light. And because of the way that they, they make the crystal lattice to do this, they call this material SMILES. It's an acronym, <laughs> SMILES. I like that. And I think that's interesting. So. When you have a sample of smiles, it doesn't do anything, it's just a normal sample until you shine an activating light source on it and then it fluoresces brightly, brighter than other things. And this is gonna be used in a lot of, of new products and technologies. And they've even started a company now to commercialize this new technology. Well, it made me think about something. so. A light comes to a fluorescent material, excites it, which means it pumps up the electrons going around the atoms. And then those electrons fall down and it gives off light of a different color. And it's all caused by this light coming in. This light excites it, color's given off. And I thought, what if that was something we could actually do ourselves? What do you mean? Five. That's it. If you smile at the right time, they they call them smiles. (laughs) They do. They call them smiles. And if you smile, uh you sneak up on them. (laughs) Didn't she have a beautiful smile? Did you know I excited that out of her?
2: (laughs) You did. You really did.
0: You know, smiles are contagious they are and I thought man we have so many people tuning into science live now what if we get everybody going around making each other smile you have to be a little careful doing it though I've, I've been experimenting with it and sometimes if you get up too close <laughs> they look at you kind of smiling. you get a wrinkled nose instead of a smile so it's got to be really genuine you know just <laughs> see it work it does. There's a lot of energy that you can do with that.
1: There is. Okay, yeah. so
0: um, just one more quick recap. You know, it's interesting because our lights are so bright. I'm not sure how well you can see these colors. Can we dim them one more time? Because it really is pretty neat really neat. That you can have all of these colors of light coming out of one little Tesla coil. And really, it's exciting, the Mercury, to create ultraviolet light, which is then hitting the phosphor coating and creating these very beautiful different colors. I have I a,
1: we have a couple of questions coming okay, in. Okay, we have some questions. Mm-hmm.
0: Could we please get the lights back on? Take your time because we're stalling. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are they?
1: This is from Michael. He says, what if you have the same amount of fluorite and the same amount of ultraviolet light, then what will it happen?
0: If you had the same amount of... Fluorite. Mm-hmm. So fluorite, remember, is one of the minerals mm-hmm. that fluoresces. It's it's one of the minerals that they first found out mm-hmm. they fluoresce with. Have you ever seen one of those highlighter pens? Mm-hmm. Those have fluorescent stuff. If you take your your white shirt and wash it in laundry detergent and dry it, and put a black light on it, it fluoresces mm-hmm. because they put a whitener, a fluorescent whitener, in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Guys that are are rock hunters that are serious about identifying minerals have a black light they take out with them and they shine it on the minerals. Different minerals as I showed you in the other picture. When we look back at that picture again and all of the different colors. Look at those, those are all different They're kinds beautiful. of minerals. And they all have their own properties. Now not every mineral will fluoresce, but many do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you talk about fluorite, it was the one that they really first documented this almost 200 years ago. But uh, it's just one of the things that causes things to fluoresce, Mm
1: -hmm. okay? So he's wondering if you have the same amount of ultraviolet light and they have the same amount of the material, will it um, be the same? Or could you have a different... The
0: more of the material you have, Mm -hmm. the more light it will absorb. Okay. All of the ultraviolet light isn't absorbed. The interesting thing is, on this new smiles technology uh-huh. from the University of Indiana, they made a crystal lattice in such a way that it absorbs more light, and then they made a, another feature of the lattice so that it radiates more light. So in, oh, nice. with the same source, it's quite a bit brighter, and that's kind of neat, and it's fairly new. Uh, I okay. think their patent was just filed in 2018, so it's, oh, it's pretty new technology and it's getting a lot better there are many neat things done being done now with fluorescence in a lot of fields there are even some kind of computer screens where they have little micro particles of things that fluoresce and they hit them with a little light beam to make them light up and, and get the colors they want remember that in a tv screen you're shooting an electron beam and it scans across the the, this is an older television, by the way, <laughs> across a, 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 a ray tube, the kind that used to be on, on televisions, and when it would hit a little piece of this fluorescent material, it would make it light up, and that's how they would draw the pictures, right? Okay.
1: Then um, there's another question of, can you shine any type of light on the smiles, or does it have to be a specific kind of light to make it work?
0: Well. As I was explaining before, and I don't wanna get too deep into this, but I'd like to get deep enough for anyone that's interested to maybe learn some more. Uh, Each of these lights have a different amount of energy. And when you excite the electron to an outer shell, it's not quite as simple as the UV light excites it up to the outer orbital, and then it falls down to the, the normal level and gives off light, because actually what happens is when it gets excited, it falls down just a little bit, usually two or three times, and then it finally takes the big jump back to the home state, and as a result of that, you have to have more energy than the color you're getting out, and that's why the color changes. Otherwise, it'd be the color you're shining in would be the color you get out, but it shifts because the energy changes that comes out. So you have to have a light that is higher energy, or you have to have the right color of light that is higher energy for a particular fluorescent material. And if, you, uh, if you're trying to do yellow, it's up there. If you're doing red, if you've got a red light, it'll almost work with nothing. Uh, everything up close to purple, blues, UVs, those are high energy ones. You get down to reds, so low energy, of the very narrow visible band of light that we can see. It is kind of amazing that we can see electromagnetic energy at all. But the band we see is very narrow, and yet somehow our eyes have the ability of being able to discern different frequencies and we see them as different colors. And it takes quite an instrument to be able to see that. Uh, Our eyes are actually really well designed, amazing, okay?
1: So James wants to know the difference between this and neon lights.
0: This and neon lights. Okay, Okay, so first of all, in a neon light you have usually a glass tube Mm -hmm. and it's sealed off, this has ends on it, they seal it off, you pull a vacuum, same as a neon light, and then in this case we put in a little bit of mercury. Mercury, remember, is kind of a, a liquid metal at room temperature, and if you look in here, you usually can find a little drip of mercury here or there, but it's the vapor that actually is ionizing here. In a neon light, it's exactly the same thing. We could use the same bulb, we'd have to open it up, clean out the mercury, and put in a little neon gas. And the way we would do that, first of all, is we'd hook it up to a vacuum pump and pull out all the air. And, and the way you do that, normally is you hook a tube on and you have a valve, and then you have a T. One side of the T goes to your vacuum pump, and you have a valve there, and the other side goes to your neon cylinder you're gonna fill it with. So you open the, the valve to your pump, turn on the pump, and it sucks out all the air, and it takes a little while to suck it out, and then you close off the vacuum pump, open up the valve to a tank of neon, a little bit of neon flowing, close the valve, And then it would glow orange, which is the color you get from neon. And if you've seen neon lights, like a neon sign Mm -hmm. in an older store, because we are using LEDs everywhere now, but different colors means that you have different gases. And sometimes they'll mix multiple gases to get exactly the shade they want. But then you have to excite it. And in this case, I'm exciting it with UV light. And that's one way to excite neon too however in neon signs that's not how they do it in a neon sign at least the traditional ones would do it with a neon sign transformer which is a transformer that has two windings one with a few windings one with a whole bunch of windings kind of like the Tesla coil except it doesn't go off into space in the case of a neon sign it goes to an electrode on the sign And typically a neon sign transformer is like 15,000 volts, very low current, and it makes them glow. Does that make sense? Mm
1: -hmm. So why when you touch the bulb did it get started?
0: That's just, you, you need to work on your personality.
1: I got my smile. Huh? You did
0: it too, but it was only after I got you four I times. I know. Well, that's, that's actually a really, really good question. And when I get a little bit further away from the Tesla coil where the electric field is getting weaker, it's having a hard time. Getting any of that gas to ionize you notice the closer they get the brighter. They got Mm -hmm. further away the dimmer 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 And you had to go a long ways away to go clear off when you come back when it's off It doesn't come on for a while and and I just carefully place them just the right (laughs) distance So they wouldn't ionize by themselves Then I went out and got myself a great big antenna (laughs) <laughs> my hand and I brought it in and my hand was collecting this electric fill and I got it to ionize once it started ionized ionized gas will carry current and so then it would, it would catch on that makes sense it was pretty mm-hmm. tricky wasn't it it was almost like a magic trick science is magic <laughs>
1: That's the especially magic.
0: to the uninitiated <laughs>
1: I feel like every science lab, I get a little more initiated. (laughs) Really? Mm
2: (laughs) Really?
0: That time she got me, so take one off mine because she got one for me. It's good. What if we get the whole world smiling? Yeah, i would be good. We could make it such a better place. It's interesting that uh, some words spoken the wrong way at just the right time can really make someone feel bad. Mm-hmm. Words can be like weapons and really hurt someone's feelings. A sincere smile, though, can heal feelings. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Sometimes you have to say something really strong to someone, you know, like, you need to start being nice. <laughs> See, that, that was really strong. And as those words speed at Mach 1 through the air to her, and she hears in her ears, she starts to get her feelings hurt. Did you see that?
2: But just
0: when she was ready to get her feelings hurt, I flashed a smile. Yeah. <laughs> and she was fine. Smiles can make such a difference. Yeah. And we have the ability as the creatures at the top of the food chain on this planet wandering around to be able to inspire and uplift each other. And it really is what makes life fun. It is. Yeah. I'm having fun, I hope you're having fun. So let's, let's just give this one more chance because some of them haven't seen it one more time yet. So let's light it with my antenna. Can you see the blue come on? There it is. Now let's light this one. And this one. Come on, that red has a hard time getting started, doesn't it? Yeah. See how weak that is? There it goes. If you move a little closer, then they get a lot brighter. Can you see that? That
1: That's really neat. So. Light is beautiful. As I
0: move this away, it's going to go off camera a little bit. So pull it away. See, it's quite a ways further away, but it's still lit up, still Mm -hmm. lit up, still lit up, still lit up. Keep following it, you can do it. Don't give up. Move the flashlight, and finally it went off. So you can see it it has to go quite a bit further before it finally becomes ionized. Look at that, it just doesn't want to quit. You can do it, (laughs) (laughs) it's off. So that's fluorescence, and it's pretty neat. That
1: is neat, it is really neat.
0: Okay, I've got something else neat I'm gonna show you. Yeah? Okay, put these right over here.
1: smile? (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting ready for it now
0: I used up all my smiles oh my <laughs> yeah. no 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 okay. I, have to, I have to introduce this though by telling you a little bit of the story so you'll really appreciate it so when I was in the university I entered the clean air race mm-hmm. this was a competition between all the universities in America to see who could make the most pollution free car so my car was powered by hydrogen And it worked so well that when they tested it at the General Motors Proving Grounds in Dearborn, Michigan, they actually saw the air coming out of my engine had less pollution than the air going in than the air that we were breathing. And so it won first place, the most pollution-free car. But there was another hydrogen car there that was built by a team from UCLA. It was headed by a guy named... uh, Frank Lynch, and his professor was Dr. Van Vorst, and they had been working on their hydrogen car, and when they built it, they had a hard time controlling the nitric oxide formation by heating air. We talked about that, and so they did a technique called exhaust gas recirculation to get rid of the nitric oxide. My car, I used, I sprayed water droplets into the engine, mm-hmm. and mine was a 1,000th thousand, as much nitric oxide is theirs so I won first place but they did something really clever and it was just kind of a bonus thing had nothing to do with making the car emission free but they invented a new bumper so that if you accidentally had an accident you ran into someone you know every car has a bumper and they kind of try and absorb the shock so you don't do so much damage or so someone doesn't get hurt. Well, they invented a new bumper, and their bumper was made out of soda pop cans. They, at UCLA, they actually called them beer cans, but, you know, it's the same thing, aluminum cans. And they put all of these cans in between two pieces of metal so that when you had a collision, it would mash the cans flat and absorb the energy and not hurt anybody or, or damage the car. And they got a special recognition for this pop can, or the, they call it a beer can bumper. I call it a pop can bumper. And I thought, man, that's pretty clever. That's really clever. And I thought about it and I got an idea. I thought, wouldn't it be neat if you could run a hydrogen car on pop cans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pop cans, or beer cans, are made out of aluminum. Mm -hmm. Aluminum is a metal Mm -hmm. that wants to react with water. And the only reason it doesn't react is because it starts to, and then on the outside it gets a coating of aluminum oxide, which protects it from reacting anymore. But there are certain chemicals that you can put into the water so that it keeps going. Mm -hmm. And so I got this idea, what if you took a big tank, plastic tank, and filled it full of pop cans, crushed ones, so you get more in there, and then you put water in, and then you took just a little bit of something to break up the oxide, and it could be like a a hydroxide, a lot of different things you can use. I use a, a potassium hydroxide put in there, and then the cans start to corrode. And as the aluminum is corroding, these bubbles are coming off, and the bubbles are actually hydrogen bubbles. The hydrogen is coming out of the water. Do you know that when a piece of steel rusts and it becomes orange rusty, it does that when you put the steel in the presence of water, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens is the iron or the steel pulls the oxygen out of the water and forms rust, iron oxide, and frees hydrogen. So when iron rusts, it's actually making hydrogen. So I have aluminum rusting, turning aluminum pop cans into aluminum oxide, and I have hydrogen bubbling off. Well, what if I could actually capture that hydrogen in the tank and then use it to run a car? Well, I was having a hard enough time getting enough hydrogen to run a car, cars are big. And I couldn't figure out how to get a big enough tank. And So instead, I got a smaller car. <laughs> and I just thought it might be fun for those that heard about it a few weeks ago mm-hmm. to see the Billings pop can hydrogen car. And here it is. <laughs>
1: Look at
0: that. Now, those are the little Billingses (laughs) and the queen of
1: Billings,
0: (laughs) right? Right there. But there it is. And uh, you see, I got the job being the window washer. You sure did. (laughs) But everybody has to take a role, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is our little hydrogen car. And behind it Mm -hmm. is the emissions analyzer. And we were testing the emission and proving that it was pollution-free. So here that is, is a hydrogen pop can-fueled car. And I actually took this to Washington, D.C. You'd probably enjoy this picture. There it is, have fun. right there on the Capitol building. And remember, it was the same concept of using corroding aluminum that the United States Navy became interested in as a way of fueling a nuclear-powered submarine if something went wrong with the reactor and they had to shut it down, this would give them a way to drive home. So science just gives you so many ways of doing so many things. That's why it's so exciting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay, well now, Dr. Page told me that she would like to have the last word today, so I'm (laughs) going to turn the time over to her to give her science fair project report.
1: (laughs) It turned out really well, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. It, it's really neat. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, all those rocks and things, too, all those different colors.
0: But which one is bigger?
1: Well, we had to just adjust it, but blue is still
0: bigger. <laughs> <laughs> blue is bigger, as big as the sky. You know, in science, so many times, you start off with a question, and it gets you doing the experiment, mm-hmm. and then the experiment tosses you a surprise, a mystery. Mm -hmm. And very, very often you follow the science and it takes you on a very, very interesting ride. Sometimes it's like a roller coaster, but usually the prize is finally figuring out why something you didn't expect is happening. That's what makes the field of science so wonderful. It's a new school year, Mm -hmm. study hard, Knowledge is the power by which you will unlock the truths of science. Good luck.